our theme for this summer has been joy. And that's not a bad topic to, discuss, to uh, explore together, is it? Because it's not something that you find very often in our world today. I want you to think about it for just a minute. As you think about the people that you meet every day, as you think about their faces, many times you see people that are rushed, you see people that are stressed, they're mad, they're sad, they're bitter, they're worried. If you ask me, I wouldn't say that I see a lot of joy in this world, would you? In fact, as I thought about that this week, I realized that it might be one of the most distinguishing characteristics of followers of Jesus, if you think about it, is joy. Have you ever met somebody and you said to yourself, you know what, I think that person, I I have a sneaking suspicion that this person might be a believer. Have you ever done that before? You've been at a restaurant, or you may be a coworker, or maybe your neighbor, and you're just starting to meet somebody. You say, you know, I have, I have a feeling that that person might be a follower of Jesus. What was it about that person that, that, that made you think that that was the case? Probably there was some element of joy, or of peace, or a contentment, or a winsomeness about their life that you didn't see in other people around you. The last time we were studying the book of Philippians, we were in Philippians 4, and we studied verses 1 through 9, and we started this idea of how God has promised that we can have joy in every situation of our lives. Isn't that good news? No matter what you face. You say, Pastor Robbie, you don't know my life. You're right, and you don't know my life either, okay? But no matter what situation you face, no matter what situation I face, this afternoon, tomorrow, next year, 10 million years from now, I can know that God is with me and that he's promised that I can have peace and joy and contentment. Today, we're going to look at part two of that, and we're going to read verses 10 through 14. Let me start there in verse 10. Paul says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and of suffering need. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, before we jump into those verses and what we want to focus on for today, I want to kind of explain what we're reading here and what's going on and and is being mentioned in verse 10. Paul says to them in verse 10 that he was rejoicing greatly that the Philippian church had revived their concern for him. Actually, that can be translated, their thinking of him. And I want to kind of point that out because I've, I've pointed out at different points throughout Philippians that word thinking, that word mindset, it can be translated in some of your translations, attitude is all throughout the book of Philippians. What God is trying to teach us as an overall theme in Philippians is, is that we can have an attitude, we can have a mindset of joy. It is a choice to rejoice. Amen? And Paul said, I'm so glad that you have remembered me, that you've revived your thinking of me. And what he's saying is there had been a time Paul had met this church about, or he actually started this church, the Lord had started it through him about 10 years prior to this. And you find out in verse 15 of chapter 4 that the Philippians, after that church had started, and after the Apostle Paul had went into other missions endeavors, that that church had participated financially in his ministry. And apparently what we're picking up here is that there had been a gap 
between that early support that they had given him, and now it seems that they're sending him another financial gift. So it's almost like, okay, we were involved with a missionary. Let's say we were involved with a missionary like the Gordons in Thailand. Okay, let's say we were involved with them for a few years and then we got involved in some other missions efforts. And then maybe 10 years from now, we came back and said, we feel led to get back involved in your ministry again. Okay, that's that's probably what was happening here. And Paul says to them, listen, I just want you to know that uh, I know you didn't forget about me. It just for whatever reason, it didn't work out for us to work together. And, and, And don't feel bad about that. But then what we want to focus on is that in the midst of specifically talking about that, as usual, the Apostle Paul, as God's servant, uses that as an opportunity to teach them. By his own example, he teaches them that in Christ, you can have joy no matter what the situation. And one of the biggest things that he points out to them in these verses is that, first of all, joy in every situation does not come naturally to us. Isn't that true? The ability to have joy no matter what is not something that just comes naturally to me. In verse 11, Paul says, he says, listen, when I say that I rejoiced in receiving your gift, I didn't mean to give you the impression that I was dying without it. Okay, Paul says, listen, receiving that blessing, receiving that gift from you, that was a blessing to me, but I want you to understand that I could have had joy, I could have had contentment, I would have had joy, I would have had contentment whether I received your gift or not. I do appreciate it, but I want you to know I wasn't dependent upon it. And I want to, fo- I want to focus on a few words that Paul mentions here in these verses. Paul uses the word content, or he uses the word contentment there in verse 11. Now that word, when he says, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content, that word was a word that the Greek philosophers of that day, they used that as a term that was supposed to be a, the highest achievement that human beings can get to. And it was a place of self-sufficiency. It was a, it was a, it was a place of self-containment. What I mean by that is, it was used of a country that did not need to import from other countries, okay? So the Greek philosopher said that there's, a, there's, a, there's the possibility in our lives for us to get to the place where we are no longer dependent on anything outside of us. The problem for them, and specifically they were called the Stoics, those philosophers, the problem for those Greek philosophers was that they said that this was something that who had to do? That you had to do yourself. Okay? Friends, that's what religion... Are you listening? That's what religion does to us. Religion says you've got to get to a certain point and you've got to do it all by yourself. The Apostle Paul says, listen... I am sufficient. I have all that I need, and that is because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, I am not dependent on any other outside forces or any other circumstances. Through the Lord, I have all the resources I need to have joy and peace and contentment. But what I really want to focus on, first of all, is that Paul said that this joy was something that he had learned. In verse 11, Paul says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content. The word learned means that's something I've discovered. 
That's something that I've come to realize through reflection. So let's read it that way. He says, not that I speak from want, for I have discovered to be content. I've I've discovered how to be content. I have come to realize how to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. What Paul was saying is, this ability... See, we want to look at Paul, and we want to say, Paul, you are an amazing person. Are you telling me that no matter what situation you find yourself in, that you can, that you can uh, find yourself in a place of joy and peace and contentment? How can you do that? And Paul says, listen, i got to tell you, I have that. But the only way I have that is because I have learned it by experience. What the Apostle Paul is saying is, this is something that God has worked in my life. By the way, just to add another twist to it, the word that he used there for learned is the word for disciple. Okay? So what he's saying is, as I have walked with Jesus, as I have developed a personal relationship with God, I have learned more and more how to have joy and peace and contentment in my life. I've grown in this area of my life. Now in verse 12, he uses the word learned again. He says, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret. Some of your translations say, I have learned the mystery. It's kind of like uh, Drew and I, my little son Drew, we used to have a secret handshake, okay, that he and I only knew how to do. Okay, that's kind of what it's like. It's kind of like a secret or a password. Everybody today's got their computer. You know, we got all these passcodes and everything. No matter what it is, you got a password, right? Well, the Apostle Paul says, I've learned something. This word was actually a word that meant there are things that human beings cannot learn on our own, that we can only learn if God shows them to us. Write down 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians 2, the Bible says that we cannot understand the things of God unless God shows those things to us, okay? So what Paul says is, there are some things in my life that are a mystery to me. Would it seem unattainable to you today to have joy in every situation you find yourself? Wouldn't that be a mystery to you? I can't find that. (laughs) There must be some kind of secret that somebody's got. Paul said, I learned that secret, through God revealing it to me. So let's put all that together. Somebody said, Paul's joy and contentment in the Lord, listen friends, was not something he immediately received when he accepted Jesus as his Savior. Did you hear that? Some of you are saying, oh, I feel like such a loser as a follower of Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus, but I still struggle. I don't always have peace. I don't always have joy. I don't always have contentment in every situation of my life. What's wrong with me, right? And this person said, listen, Paul is revealing to us that he didn't have this from the very beginning perfectly figured out. As he walked with the Lord, as God took him through many difficult circumstances in his life, he learned this. Write down 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 33. Paul shares with us some of the difficulties that he faced in his life. I want to ask you a question. Is the fact that one of the greatest men of God who ever walked on this earth, that he had to learn joy, is that an encouraging thing to you? Write down Romans 7, verses 14 through 25. The Apostle Paul, in those verses, shares about his own struggle with sin. Isn't it encouraging to know that people that you look up to in the Lord aren't perfect? Isn't that good news? 
Okay? Paul said in Romans 7, listen, they're, they're, I want to do the right thing. I want to follow Jesus. I want to make the right choice, but I struggle. Amen? I don't always do the thing that I'm wanting to do in following God. And then he said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, I'm the chief of all sinners. I'm the tops of all sinners. I'm the first of all sinners. The word that he used there was a word that means if we're all lining up, if we say, okay, everybody line up here, everybody who's a sinner, line up front here. And the worst one be the first one. Paul said, I'll be the first in line out of all of you. Okay, here is a guy that we look up to as one of the greatest men of God ever. Isn't it encouraging to know that he didn't have it all together? Maybe ever in his life. Not maybe, right? He never had it perfectly all. He had to learn this. Maybe you're like me. You ever hear a message about to having joy in every situation? You're like, oh, brother. Wish I hadn't have came today. Amen? Have you ever felt like that? There's some passages in the Bible. James chapter 1. Write that down. James chapter 1, verses uh, 2 through 4. In that passage, it challenges us to, to count it all joy when we're facing trials. Oh, sure. I just say, oh, I'm so glad. That's a bill I can't pay. Amen? Oh, I'm so glad. I'm struggling. This is wonderful. Thank you, God. I received this. I appreciate it. I'm not quite going there. Amen? I feel like that eludes me. That's something I can't get to. I'm not there yet, and I don't know if I ever will be. But I'm encouraged to know that Paul felt that way too. It did not come naturally to him. He had to learn it over time. If you're being hard on yourself for not being perfect, maybe you need to give yourself some grace today. That's because God's given you some grace. Amen? So first of all, it doesn't come naturally to us. But secondly, joy in every situation is for the good times and for the bad. In verse 11, Paul starts out in a general way. He says, listen, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance, no matter what the situation. He says it again in verse 12. In any and every circumstance, I've learned this. But then he gets more specific. In verse 12, he says, I've learned, and he kind of gives some extremes. He says, I've learned to be in humble means, and I've learned to be in prosperity. And actually, the word prosperity means to be just overflowing. You ever just been blessed beyond measure? You just say, wow, God. You're just, I mean, it's like I'm drinking from a fire hydrant. You've just been so good to me. Amen? You ever have those? So maybe once or twice, okay? Not as much as I'd like. Amen. No, but, but you just say, God, thank you. Paul says, I've been in times in my life where I didn't have much. I've been in times where it felt like, man, it was just, it just kept coming. Paul says, I, I, I've been full. I've been like, no, stop, I don't need any more. And then there's other times, I wish I had a little bit more. He says, I, I, I've had abundance, and then there's other times that I've had need. Paul says, I've found myself on both extremes, and yet I've experienced in both situations that it's possible to have joy. Now, in theory, it doesn't seem hard to have joy in the good times. Amen. I like to try some of that, amen? I like to try some prosperity. Let me see if I can struggle with that a little bit, right? That's kind of how we feel about it. But did you know, honestly, truly, I've met a lot of people in my life, worked with a lot of people in their relationship with God, some of the most miserable people in the world have, quote, everything. They've got the iPod, they've got the iPad, they've got two cars, they've got a big house, they've got 
you know, everything that you think that a person would want to have, but they are miserable. They either want more, or they're trying not to lose what they have, or maybe what they have they found out is not what they thought. They have everything, but they don't have joy. And you know what? There may be somebody here this morning. That's why you came to church. You came because you sense that I'm on that path. And it, and it seems like, you know, I go that next level and, and that's not enough. And I go that next level and that's not enough. And I'm just beginning to think that maybe it's God that I'm missing in my life. I am so glad you came today. And I pray that you would realize that and trust in Him and give your life to Him. Maybe here today and say, no, I've been that path and I've lost everything. Somebody shared with me this week that there was a time in their life when they made over $400,000. Everybody in the United States would say, man, you made it big. That person said, but you know what? I've got more now. I have nothing because I have the Lord. I've got more now than I've ever had in my life. Friend, if you want true joy, God wants to give you that today, even in your abundance. God's the one who's blessed me with all those things and entrusted them to me. I think that most of us can probably better relate to no joy during hard times, right? I lost my job. It's kind of hard not to be bitter, isn't it? I lost my family. It's kind of hard not to be resentful, not to be, not to be uh, depressed. I lost a loved one. I lost my house. I don't have any money. I lost my good name, my reputation. You know what? I thought that I was going to be at a different place in my life when I got to this point. It's very difficult to have joy, isn't it? And right now you say, you know what? I cannot see how it could at all possibly be that God could give me joy in this situation. Most of you know that I've been uh, struggling with my health over the last uh, year or or this year. Well, last week as I was having some tests run and and not feeling very well, actually I wasn't feeling well at all. I was just not feeling good, okay? Um, But I was having some tests run and in the middle of that, the Lord brought actually to my heart the first part of this message, okay? And I was just sort of just, I just, I just didn't want to feel good. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, okay, joy in every situation. Now listen, friends, I'm not saying I brought this up, okay? God brought this up, because I was wanting to be a no good, very bad day, okay? (laughs) Joy in every situation. All right, here we go. What was the message? Do what you can do. Give the rest to God. Focus on the good. All right, Robbie, do what you can do. What's that, nothing? Okay, so that's covered. (laughs) Give the rest to God. Okay, Lord, I'm trusting you with this situation. I really need you to help me out here and focus on the good. Lord, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to trust you. There's something good here. I'm not kidding you. Less than five minutes later, there was a young lady who was administering uh, this specific test. And uh, she could tell I wasn't feeling well. And so I think she was just trying to be nice and start conversation. And so she was like, hey, you know, how you doing? What's your name? And she says, so uh, where are you from? I saw. I'm from Queensbury, Glens Falls. She said, "No, I mean, <laughs> where are you originally from?" I said, "Well, originally I grew up in Georgia. I lived in North Carolina for a little while." She said, "Oh, really? You know what brings you up this way?" I said, "Well, I hate to tell you with my nasty disposition here today, but um, <laughs> I'm actually a pastor." <laughs> And she said, and she said uh, oh, well, that's, that's kind of interesting. You know, uh, how does a person get into, you know, that kind of work? 
And, and all of a sudden, the Lord just kind of spoke to me, okay, here's the focus on the good. I, I, I truly, I was not feeling well. But the Lord just spoke to my heart, here's an opportunity to share the good news. And I, and I just shared with this young lady, I just shared, you know what, you know, a few years ago, somebody shared with me that, that even though that I'd done many things wrong in my life, that God loved me. And that he has a purpose for me and, and he wants me to have a relationship with him. And that Jesus had died on the cross to pay for my sins. And he rose again and he wants to be my savior. And I put my trust in him and he's changed my life. And, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. But I, you know, I just want you to know he wants to do the same thing for your life. I want to tell you, friend, my situation did not change. I still felt bad. But I experienced an overwhelming joy. I said, God, this is why. This is it. It is possible to have joy and peace and contentment and fulfillment in the middle of what you'd rather not be in. And i got to tell you this morning, that didn't come because of me. That leads us to the next thing that Paul says in this verse. He says, listen, you know, it's so easy. I share this all the time. You know, you guys see people, you see pastors, and you see people, you see, you know, spiritual leaders, and, and I say, you know, I want to take the shine off, okay? Because y'all think we got a shine on us or something, you know, like we've been buffed up or something, you know, and, and, and we're like perfect. But you know what? We need to take the shine off because we're just regular people. And, and Paul, I'm sure, struggled with that. I'm sure he struggled with the fact that people probably looked at him and said, Paul, you're in jail, and you're saying you have joy and contempt. You're so godly. You're so spiritual. Oh, I wish I could be like you. Paul says, let's be very careful here. I need to make sure you're aware. I can't do anything. But I can do all things through one, the one who gives me the strength to do it. Remember I said the Greek philosopher said, I have to do it. But Paul says, we can't do it. In fact, in this verse, Paul says, I can't do it on my own. But listen, the way it's worded in this passage, in the original language, actually all things is put at the beginning of the sentence. So listen, for those of you who say, but not me, but not my situation, no, he emphasizes it. All things I am able to do, I have the strength and the ability to do through the one who gives me strength and power. That's what these verses say. All things, no limits, no exclusions. By the way, this is a great memory verse. Maybe you're saying, you know, I, I'm looking for some verses to begin to apply to my life. That, you know, many people have made this their life verse. Have you ever heard of that, that idea before? A life verse might be a verse that you say, you know what, as I read God's word, this verse really describes what I believe I'm trusting God for or how God's wanting to work in my life right now or really just kind of the overarching uh, summary of what God wants to do in and through my life. Maybe you would take it that way. Let me share with you one way that it touched my life. A few years ago, I was working for this fellow. He was a construction guy. And uh, when I started the first day on the job, he said, Robbie, is there anything you won't do? I said, Frank, listen, you know, I, I got to make some money here. I need a job. You will not hear me say, after you've given me an assignment, I'm sorry, I won't do that. He said, good, because tomorrow we're crawling up underneath a house and we're digging tunnels. I say, you know, that's kind of funny because I will never say that, but I have to be honest. When you said, is there anything you will never do? I did. What came to mind was I would prefer not to go under houses. I mean, I'm a little claustrophobic. And for about 
three months. Okay, see the front of this monitor here? I would crawl. There was this old house, and they were remodeling it. And, and what they needed, it was so close to the ground, they needed for me and another guy for three months to get on our backs with a shovel <laughs> and dig. I mean, we would go through that hole on our backs digging. And I remember just, you know, if I would have to close my eyes and if my, if, my, if my shoulder touched, like, the bottom of the floor, I'd be getting the heebie-jeebies and be just like, I'm busting out of this place, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting sweating right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Every single morning, I would look at that hole. I hated that hole. <laughs> I would look at that opener, and I would say, John 15, 5, without you, I can do nothing. But Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Every morning, God burned this verse in my heart, in my mind. I did it. Please, I don't want to do it again, Lord. But I did it. You need to remember this verse specifically when you're struggling to have a good attitude. When you're struggling to have that right mindset. Again, like I said, that's mentioned all throughout Philippians. The right mindset, the right viewpoint, the right attitude. However we want to translate that. God, I can't do this, but with you, I have the ability to do all things. And by the way, let's don't twist this verse, because some people want to twist it, and I can do anything I want to do, okay? I have the ability to do anything God calls me to do, okay? Is really what we're talking about there. But you can also pull from this verse in many other situations in your life. When your boss or your teacher asks you to give a presentation in front of the class or in front of your coworkers, I can't do that. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Amen. When when your friends, young person, are pressuring you to do something that's wrong. God, this is impossible. Don't you know I'm in a situation where it's, it's impossible to say no and to do the right thing. I can't do this, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. God, I, I, I'm struggling to stay faithful to my spouse. Lord, I'm struggling to get off of pornography. Lord, I'm struggling to, to stop using food as, as a way of, of pleasing myself. I'm struggling with how other people think about me. I can't stop, God, but I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me the strength to do it? When you are facing a situation that seems or is out of your control, I can do all things through Christ. No pressure on you. I just go to the Lord. And I say, Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do in this situation because I know I can't do it. But I can with your strength. Amen. You know, the problem is when we come to church many times, when we read God's Word many times, we say, you know what, that's great and all. But. Amen? I know how you think, because I'm one of you. You know, I've just begun to realize, if God can't help people like me, who's He going to help? If he, can't help up mess, if he can't help messed up people, if he can't use messed up people, who's he going to help? And so what I've begun to say is, if not me, who? If not now, when? See, let's just turn this thing around. It's not that God can't work through you. But are you going to trust him? That's really what it comes down to. 
Are you going to trust that his word is true? These verses reassure us, no matter the situation, through Christ it is possible for me to have joy. I can't do it right now, Lord, but I can do all things through Christ. Are you a believer here today, but your life is miserable? You know what? And maybe God would just say to you this morning, you started by trusting in me, but now you've started trying to do it in your own strength. One of the most miserable people in the world is a Christian trying to live the Christian life. You cannot do it. You must surrender and say, God, I don't know how. Even if I did, I wouldn't want to probably. So give me the power, the desire, the ability. And then as he speaks to you, respond to him. And you know where that starts? It starts right here this morning. This morning, is God prompting you? Is he speaking to you about some adjustment, some change, some transformation that he wants to make in your life? It starts by taking that next step. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor Robbie, I don't even know God. I don't even have a relationship with him. Then you can't claim that power. You can't pull from that power. This morning, would you say, I know 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is my personal Savior? Well, I'm 99.5% sure. Are you going to bank your eternity on almost sure? Do you know that you know that you know, even if I blow it big time the rest of my life, God, I'm secure and safe in you. Doesn't that set you free? This morning, would you call upon his name and say, Jesus, please have mercy on me. I'm a sinner, but save me and rescue me. I want you to be my Savior today. This morning, it is impossible for us to do. But with God's help, no matter what you face, you're not the exception. When you walk out these doors, you can have joy if you'll trust in the Lord. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we know that this message and our trust in you is going to be tested pretty soon. So we need for you to burn it in our hearts. Whatever you need to do in these next few moments to capture our attention and to help us to get real with you, please do it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.